Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Bonus time to Ben Drosky's show as I speak. I can't remember the date. It's uh, a Thursday, March 3rd. Wow. Either that's premature dementia or I've been recording too many shows, but man, that hit me. I couldn't remember the date. Here's a headline in the news. We're not going to be discussing this one on this particular uh, interview, but Man, oh, man, we'll be talking about this one. Mayor Lori Lightfoot blocked Columbus statue deal, braided lawyers with obscene remarks, lawsuit claims. Yes, those obscene remarks were Mayor Lori Lightfoot was just, she was like out of a Goodfellas movie. She goes, I got the biggest dick in Chicago. That's what she said, ladies and gentlemen, or allegedly said. So we won't be talking about that today, but definitely we'll be talking about that tomorrow uh, with our guests and uh, our current two current guests are like, I don't want to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. Uh, so I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself, and we're going to get down to business. The first distinguished guest I'm going to ask to introduce himself has the same first name I do. So that person, introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. It's Benji Hall. Um, <laughs> congratulations to Lori Lightfoot. All right, very good. Otherwise known, Benji Hall, Benji the bookie. He's been on the show many times, uh, even though he, has, uh, as he always points out, he's not a bookie. But for not a bookie, the man sure knows how to make bets. I'll just put it that way. Uh, other distinguished guest, uh, frequent visitor to this show. Pretty soon he's going to take over this show. He's been on so many times. Introduce yourself. What is going on, everybody? This is Serge Vicente from the Fight Podcast. Check us out everywhere podcasting is available. We are combat sports and culture show. You want no fights? Come holla at me. Very good. And uh, before we go any further, I'm going to give uh, Sergio an opportunity to promote some merch. I got to give this guy credit. He's one step ahead of the Ben Jarofsky show. He's got cups. He's got sweatshirts. He's got T-shirts. Uh, tell folks all about it, Sergio. Well, you know what? Just to uh, to coincide, I've been doing my show now for a few years, and uh, people were were asking me for you know if I had anything to help support the show. And uh, and so we finally came out with merch, and I was so so fortunate that uh, my, my my lovely partner in crime, uh, the uh, the first lady of the Fire Pod, Natasha, she is my creative director, and she helped me put together so many awesome pieces. We have you know mugs, 
you know, sweatshirts, everything is champion brand in terms of the sweat, the hoodies and the, the crew neck sweatshirts and the tees. So everything is really done by artists. Everything is amazing quality. Check it out. Support the Five Pod. We really appreciate it. All right. Very good, uh, Sergio. And uh, it's uh, Etsy.com slash the Fight Pod. Very good. Uh, and I'm wearing Benny J underwear, so I'm supporting <laughs> you all the time. Uh, Benji Hall will be giving uh, betting tips uh, after the show. Uh, all right. He's not giving any tips to anybody else because he's the one who wants to win, folks. All right. I'll share the wealth. Are you well? Okay. Yeah. Many, many of the time, Sergio, I never, I don't know if I ever told you. I've met Benji because he uh, bowls on Monday Night Bowling with me, and he'd be betting like crazy. Uh, and every now he would come up to me. He'd go, all right, look, the over-under for the fourth quarter is X, Y, Z. I think this is a good bet. Are you in? <laughs> and I'm a reformed gambler, as I try to tell him many times. I quit, and uh, so I don't indulge. All right, uh, Sergio and I are going to refrain from doing any boxing talk. Uh, or uh, any kind of fight talk. Uh, we're just going to stick it to keep it to basketball, uh, one of his many obsessions. Uh, and Benji Hall's a really obsessive basketball follower. Many, many of the bets he makes have to do with basketball. Uh, and so I gave him a list of things that I wanted to talk about. And top of that list, NBA 75. The NBA announced its top 75 players coinciding with the 75th anniversary of the creation of the league. I have some differences with who's on the list. I have people who I think should be on the list. And I know that both of my guests are going to give me so much grief because my, my uh, people who I think got shunned are old timers who played in the NBA before Sergio or Benji were born. So I feel like I should bring Sergio's dad, my dear friend Edwin on, uh, who's more of my generation uh, to stand up for me, but I'm going to have to fight, fight it myself. Uh, so first I'm going to let, uh, Sergio have the floor to say who he thinks was deserving to be in this top 75 and was, uh, well, you know what I, I, you know, I have to, you know, I'm always going to do, you know, age before beauty. So I'm always going to let you gentlemen, please let you guys go first. I I would love to hear with, you know, an expert like yourselves have to say, I'm going to refrain. I I, I would love to hear. So I'll go first and I'll let uh, Benji go second. Again, I'm older than either of my guests. I've been watching basketball since the 1960s. I moved to Evanston, Illinois, where I went to high school in 1960. Amazing high school. Great high school. Great high school. Amazing high school. Uh, some of the smartest people in the world, right on this show. <laughs> no argument from me, none <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Sergio was a graduate. I watched his football career, ladies and gentlemen. But we, we won't talk about Sergio's football career. Uh, he ran back punts, kickoffs, everything. All right. Uh, so I um, started. I moved to Evanston, and I just wrote about this. I moved to Evanston. My family moved to Evanston from Rhode Island in 1966. That was the first year of the Chicago Bulls. And so to me, I am just inextricably linked with the Chicago Bulls. They're in my heart. I I put this out there, Sergio and Benji. You, I, I talk to old timers. They do, oh, you should have seen Ernie Banks in 1953 when he broke in with the Cubs. You should have seen the 1959 go-go White Sox uh, with Minnie Minosa, et cetera, and so forth. And there's like history of Chicago sports that even I, as old as I am, do not know. But there is no history of the Chicago Bulls that exists without me. My history is their history. I've been there for the first since the first year. That's probably why I love them so much. Let me say this about that then. It's inexcusable, NBA. Inexcusable that Chet the Jet Walker is not on that list. Chet the Jet Walker was Elgin Baylor, 
mm, roughly as good as Elgin Baylor. He was like Dr. J or uh, Tracy McGrady. I'm trying to make him relevant to some of my younger listeners. Well, I, Ben, I have to ask you, how many championships did he win? Okay, see, now, okay, zero. Oh, excuse me, one. Zero with the Bulls, one with the Philadelphia 76ers. Perhaps the greatest Philadelphia 76er team of all time, one of the five greatest teams. It had uh, Wilt Chamberlain was the center, uh, Hal Greer, Billy Cunningham was coming off the bench. Great team, Lucas Jackins, Jackson. So I, uh, I think it's inexcusable that Chet Walker is not on the list. And I will do one one step further, Sergio and Benji. I'll tell somebody who's on the list who should be removed to make room for him. And that person is, get ready for this, Sergio. This is going to hurt. James Worthy of the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that wow. doesn't hurt me uh, at all. <laughs> James Worthy of the Los Angeles Lakers was the number three guy on a great team. That does not make yeah, – that yeah. does not mean – warrant being on the all-time 75. Chet Walker did not have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Irvin Magic Johnson on the same squad as him. Or he might have won three world uh, championships or four, whatever, uh, where they got. Now, we have to say, James Worthy was one of the great college basketball players of all time. He he was the, the, the number one guy on those North Carolina teams that Michael Jordan was on. So we will not disrespect the great James Worthy. I, I am not in any means disrespecting uh, James Worthy. Just, just saying. I'm just saying, if I I took the challenge, I go, it's if it's 75, or it's actually 76, I could cheat and say, let's make it a tie so it's 77. Uh, but if I have to add somebody, I'm going to play by the rules and take someone off. And the second person uh, who should be on that list, another Chicago Bull, uh, the A-Train. Artis Gilmore should be on that list, the great center for the Chicago Bulls. I know Edwin, Sergio's dad, is in total agreement with me, and he listens to these podcasts whenever Sergio is on, and he's going to be nodding his head. Yes, the A-Train. And to make way for the A-Train, I'm going to really irritate Benji with this one. Sorry, A.D., you have to take step down from the top 75. Benji loves Kentucky people. A.D. from Chicago as well. So there you go. That's what? I. You do love Kentucky, of right? All the people, Anthony Davis. Yes, I mean, I had, I wanted a center for a center, and I said, I, I, you know, I, that's who I went with. All right, Benji, uh, you I, respond. I'm just curious, what logic are you using? I mean, wait, logic? <laughs> <laughs> Hold it, logic <laughs> to a Bulls fan? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you look okay, at the numbers, sense, then. Uh, if you look at the numbers, uh, just like rebounds. Points scored, uh, block shots, presence. Uh, I think uh, Artis Gilmore's, I did look at the numbers earlier, uh, is far superior to AD at this stage. And AD's had so many injuries. He yeah. has. I mean, he, has. he, he can't stay His healthy. should have been better. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Artis was never injured. Artis, Artis was the man. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, my substitutions. Benji Hall? Uh, well... Go. Uh, I think for the most part, the list is pretty darn good. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a good mix of old and new. Uh, you know, what is the criteria and all this stuff? Like, you know, there's no, it's just a list. There's a million lists out there. Lists are fun to argue about. But, uh, um, you know, to me, the, I, I would probably lean more towards having more modern players that are off to great starts in their career, like a Jokic. Um, 
I, there's no reason not to put them on there already. If Shaq was on the 50 that after like year three or four or whatever it was. Um, but the, the people I would take off Pete Maravich, number one, um, he's just, I mean, he was, he's a, he's a great highlight reel and he is fun to watch, but he did nothing towards winning. And, uh, you know, I, I know that seventies <laughs> basketball is kind of a chaotic experience for everybody involved, but, uh, and a lot of tragedies and he is one of them. Um, but I don't think he deserves to make the list compared to others. And then, uh, and then of course all those seventies Knicks players that are completely overrated. Um, you can tell there's the sports bias of, uh, the New York pull again, um, but those are the people I would take off, you know, then Dwight Howard maybe put on, but like, does anybody like Dwight Howard? You know, So at the end of the day, like, what does it matter? He, he didn't really win anything either. Uh, he didn't really, he dominated for quite a while though. So, you know, it, at some point that matters, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I'm pretty happy with the list. Sergio. This is awful, okay? I am so upset at this list. All the greats that they left off of this list, okay? So you go down the thing, and I can I can think of a handful. I can think of a handful that I think I would have wanted on the list. First and foremost, where is T-Mac? Tracy McGrady, you cannot name 75 players in the history of this league that is better than Tracy McGrady. You can't. You can't. The versatility... The, the, the offense, there was a point in time where it was who's better, Kobe or T-Mac. And even with his... Well, that seems silly. I, I don't think so Wait, at all. I think, ahead, I think if we actually looked at him at the... <laughs> and here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm already going to get on you and your basketball takes very soon because not too long ago, you and I did a show together <laughs> and I wish I made a bet then because if <laughs> I did not, if I made a bet, I might be a couple dollars richer today if I made that bet. So we'll get back to that. But in terms of T-Mac, <laughs> I, I think, think I T-Mac is fantastic. He absolutely should have been on the list. Also, I'm also going to say the second greatest three-point shooter of all time should have been on this list. Clay Thompson, the 76th greatest player of all time, absolutely should have been in the 75. Clay Thompson should absolutely be in there. He and Steph Curry together, the Splash Brothers, were the ones that went out there and actually they changed the face of basketball. The two of them changed the way we play the game today. He absolutely needs to be on this list. And I'm hate to say it, some of these guys that you guys are naming, they didn't change the face of the game. Those two guys, those three guys, honestly, really, if you look at the, the, the way the game's played today, those gentlemen right there really shaped the way the, the way the game is played today. Positionless basketball, three-point shooting, those guys should absolutely be in the game. Um, now, special mentions, Dwight Howard, I think, probably should have been on there. Vince Carter is one of those guys that I look at that with his longevity and what he's done for such a long time, he probably could have been on Revolutionized there. Revolutionized tanking. I, oh. oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but look, he's another one of the guys, though. He is an absolute great. He's, I, I don't think there's 75 players better than Vince Carter either. But the ones that I'm most adamant about is T-Mac and Clay Thompson. All right. Uh I, I agree with you on uh, uh, T-Mac. I just looked up his numbers. He's roughly 20 points a game average career. Uh, and he, I'm going to deal with the point you made 
uh, Sergio, uh, changing the game, revolutionizing the game, if you will. Uh, I, I take serious the list because I'm an obsessive basketball fan, but there's a lot of different aspects of why I would put a person on that list. So, for instance, I make the argument uh, that Chet Walker, who's forgotten the time, was as important to changing the culture of basketball, the way it was played, as T-Mac. He just did it at an earlier time. So it was Chet Walker and Elgin Baylor who led the way to Dr. J, a guy like Connie Hawkins, who never got a chance to play in the NBA because of injuries, because he got up in the uh, erroneously, unfairly uh, accused in a cheating scandal, destroyed his career uh, before it even uh, took off a legend of the New York playgrounds. Guys like that were playing high-flying, a slam-dunk basketball in the 60s. Bef- like, when the league, and th- we're going to get into this, i got to mention this, the league was predominantly white in those days. And there was a cap on the number of teams, an unofficial cap on the number of black players a team could have. And... John Thompson talks about this. I think I mentioned this to Sergio. John Thompson, Coach John Thompson, talks about this in his uh, autobiography. It's what frustrated him so much when he played for the Celtics that he ultimately decided to quit. And he named different players who couldn't get a break on the Celtics because Red Auerbach, as powerful as he was, could not defy that cap. You couldn't have a majority of your players be black. And so guys like Chet Walker were instrumental in sort of, I don't want to, making like the soul of basketball and introduce, clearing the way for the Dr. J's of the world all the way up to Tracy. There would be no T-Mac if it wasn't for Chet Walker. So I feel like you have to give, give a historical like, tip of the hat to people. And big O, Oscar Robertson is another case. Yeah. So I, he, so he I was think in that, that 75. <laughs> he wa- it would have been a cr- I'd be going berserk if they left the big O out not only yeah. that he sued the league the, the, I think some of the players like LeBron James would notice without the big O uh, going to court and fighting for the rights of players to have free agency they wouldn't be making the money they're making now if, if the big O hadn't threatened to go on strike in the middle of an all-star actually they did they said they weren't going to go on the floor it was at the half. Benji knows what yeah. I'm talking about. It was at the halftime of the, I think it was the 64 All-Star game. Uh, Jerry West, Oscar Robertson, they just said, we're not going on the court unless you make some agreements. The NBA was like, habit, habit, habit. And they they made some, <laughs> they cut a deal right there and then. So it would be inexcusable if the big O uh, wasn't uh, on the list. Uh, so anyway, uh, Benji, you were not, you were shaking your head at T-Mac. Uh, well, and you were shaking. I mean, just look at his playoff record. I, I'm much more of a fan of Connie Hawkins over T-Mac any day. Connie Hawkins was, talk about it, the innovator and, you know, but the NBA blackballed him, like you said, and, and really screwed him over. And they, you know, the NBA was screwing over a lot of people. Um, so there's probably so much talent that never got to even have a chance that is probably better than some of the quote unquote early legends on this list. Which is, you know, it's the same story with baseball, same story with, it's just, hey, when are we all going to realize that the history of America is filled with uh, some jackass white owners in sports? Uh, and, it, and it still continues to this day. Oh, no, we, we realize it. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of we, Americans doesn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. So Clay Thompson, 
uh, Benji, your thoughts on Clay Thompson? I love that. Do you I love agree Clay with I'm, I'm a bigger fan of Clay Thompson than McGrady, too. I mean, uh, Clay, Clay is really undervalued even today. I mean, you never see him on a list of even top 20 players, uh, which is crazy to me because uh, all he does is allows your team to win. And isn't that really what basketball is all about? I mean, okay, yeah, there's Russell Westbrooks of the world that are great at stats, but you know, a lot of times stats can be detrimental to the to the the goal of winning. And Clay Thompson, he doesn't need he doesn't need the ball in his hands. He doesn't need to he he can fit in with any teammate and he creates crazy amounts of space. He plays great defense, he moves, he does everything you need to win. And uh I mean, you'd want him on your team over those other guys uh, more than, you know, many others that have gaudy point numbers. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to have to take exception with, uh, something you said, Benji, uh, and then I'll see what Sergio has to say about this. I not sure as insane as this sound that winning, winning championships, uh, is a true measurement, true measure of a player's greatness, because there's a lot of variables and factors outside of a player's control, uh, that determine whether his team is a championship team and uh, I, I agree with championships but just winning overall right i mean if you're if your career record is at pete maravich uh you know i don't know what it is but i know it's probably not above 50 percent his teams they were all horrible um how are you a top 75 player of all time you can't tell me that in that day and age where the league was you know um if you're that good of a player historically that you couldn't at least get a team to 500. My argument for Pete Maravich is he's pistol Pete Maravich. He's a, a cultural icon. Uh, he yeah, it, different hall of fame. Magic Johnson said there would be no magic Johnson if there wasn't a pistol Pete. And I studied pistol Pete's fo- uh, videos, et cetera, and so forth. And uh, I mean, well then let's put white chocolate in there. I mean, he was pretty awesome. I, I, he's nowhere near a pistol, Pete. Let's come on, way in, Sergio. I, 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 why, come on. They're, they're both white, and they're both good Jason dribblers, Williams. and that's where it ends. Yeah, ahead, I love Jason good. Williams, but at the end of the day, is he top 75? No. No, but either no. was Pistol Pete. That's my point. So I don't have the context as some others to talk about Pistol Pete. You know, I said I I I could only go by highlights and what people have told me. Um and it was even so far removed from me, I still just like I I don't know. Like I see him hear great things, but I am one of the people that I do understand as technology gets better, as workouts get better, I look at certain people's attributes and I see some of the guys that are some of the innovators that absolutely would have gotten blown out of the water if they play against some of the guys that they play against you know and the way the game is played now so um i'll always show respect to you know those those individuals who who are the innovators and like like you were saying the gentleman that you guys brought up i if you say that they're good i'm always going to give them respect i have my own opinion on who i actually believe is better because of again the context which i have i have a a window from realistically because you know how it is when you really start playing atten- paying attention to a sport, you pay, start paying attention to the generation like before you too, right? So you're like, okay, so I remember I grew up in the 90s. I'm, I was born in the 80s. I grew up in the 90s. The Bulls are there. I'm paying attention to all those guys. The era that I'm from is really like Kobe and those guys. That 96 class is the class that we really identify with. 
Kobe, Allen Iverson, you know, those type of guys. So I absolutely paid attention to the, to the, to the you know, the Magic Johnsons and the Larry Birds and the Dr. J's and that. But after that, when he got beyond that, I don't have as much context. So I could only respect what you guys are, you know, saying about it and say, yeah, I get it. But T-Mac would have dunked on his butt. Like, that's <laughs> all I, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so. All right. So let's get into this. And, uh, and this will give uh, Sergio something, uh, an opportunity uh, to say he was right. Um, I mean, I've I'm been right this entire old... time. I'm, I mean, yeah. let's just, you know, <laughs> put it out I'm not there. one of those old timers uh, who says it was better back in the day. I don't believe that. I actually believe the players are better, just like as Sergio was saying, than they just from a physical uh, at, standpoint. Listen, they get paid so much money, they don't have to have outside jobs. Back in the 60s, these guys had to go to work in the offseason. Just think about that. You know what I mean? And they didn't want to travel. The travel was different. There were three. That's why nobody watches have- baseball anymore because the game hasn't evolved. It's the same game. We're looking yeah. at this exact same thing that they've seen for hundred years. It's not fun anymore. Yeah, the NBA's transition. You, it's, it's 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 essentially positionless basketball now. You have these guys that are six ten shooting threes and handling the ball like guards. Everybody yes. can essentially, you know, I mean, and thank and that's in thanks for, to LeBron James and the generations like this. The way the game is, has evolved. That that's also credit to Magic Johnson being that six ten right. point guard. You know what I mean? So that. I mean, as much as I can't stand him this present moment in time, I have to give props to Scottie Pippen. You know, guys <laughs> like that. You know, these yeah. are the guys that you really look at. And that's why, for instance, for me in my generation, I look at somebody like Tracy McGrady and say, you know, there wouldn't be any of these guys today if it wasn't for Tracy McGrady. All right. So this is where I was going. And this is where uh, Sergio is going to take a victory lap. Right now, I'm going to tell you guys th- – as much as I love the Bulls, the most exciting player in the NBA, in my humble opinion, is John. Oh Moran yes, let's Chris take Lee. this victory lap. And uh, I just the, what he did the other day against San Antonio, the slam dunk where he jumped over the seven footer, but the shot at the buzzer uh, when Stephen Adams threw it full court. Benji, I know you must have watched it. He caught the ball in midair and put it. In. I the combination of styles that John Morant represents like i see steph curry influence in there i see an alan iverson influence in there it all coming together the floaters he takes are just phenomenal i would have to say that basketball is continuing to advance the players today are physically better in my humble opinion than they were in the 60s uh i have my cultural reasons for making sure that these great pioneers are not forgotten but when I take a look at John ja Morant, I'm like, my goodness, Sergio, you're absolutely correct. This game just keeps getting better and better. And I think it's about time Sergio took that victory march. He said at the start of the 2019, was it 2019? Am I getting my years right? Yeah. Season when we did a show, everybody was singing the praise of a certain Zion Williamson and Sergio, <laughs> then living in Chicago, now in L.A., said John Moran. Take it away, Sergio. It's your moment uh, to take a victory march, and then Benji will follow up with an explanation of why he was right to say Zion Williams. Go ahead. Look, there's certain people that just pop off the screen, okay? 
And, and and you were saying something, Ben, in terms of you know, for you want to make sure you're 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 still talking about the history of the game. You don't want those that that history being lost. Well, when you look at somebody like Jean Morant, this is this is history in the making. You're watching history when you're looking at him. I'm looking at the baby of of Derrick Rose and Allen Iverson. I'm looking at all the influence that he has had. That that Mamba mentality, killer instinct. You know everything that you're seeing is from these these this, these influences in the game. This that's the history of the game. When I watch him, when I watch Giannis, I mean, when you look at somebody like Luka Doncic, these are this is the history of the game. I'm looking at Larry Bird. I'm looking at Dirk Nowitzki when I'm seeing these guys. So I I think we all need to appreciate it. But in John Morant, I mean, come on, man, like. How, how could you miss on that guy? I'm looking at one dude who's absolutely out of shape, doesn't give a damn. And I'm looking at another dude who's just an, a dog. And he took a, a, a essentially a juco, a, you know what I'm saying, out there and was making, making noise at the national level in college. I saw that dude in college. I said, yo, he's special. I don't know who he is, but he just jumped off the screen. He continues to just jump off the screen. Zion was dunking on a whole bunch of little chunky white boys in some high school. Don't <laughs> nobody care about that. <laughs> All right, Benji, uh, your thoughts on John Moran and Zion Williamson? <coughs> well, I mean, John's ja, ja unbelievable. He's 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 uh, he, he's just ridiculous. Um, I, I think he's better than Derrick Rose uh, ever was right now. I, I agree. He can shoot better. He yeah, he's he's yeah. absolutely a better player. Um I, I I don't remember exactly what I said about Zion versus uh Morant. Um I know it's on tape somewhere. You said if you come <laughs> back in three years not playing, I have no idea. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. I, I it was it was definitely a closer decision in my mind than uh then a lot of people like we're just saying it's obvious um you know how i feel about duke players and the curse of duke players in the nba and, uh but you know zion zion still could turn it around and have an incredible career i think the odds are less than 10 percent at this point um i would trade him so fast if i was that team but that team's so stupid that they'll never do it <laughs> just keep picking off the rest of the guys on their team if you're a smart nba team yeah, you know, I, the, I, I think just, he's I, I think he's gonna end up being a bust. I don't know. Yeah, I, and do I hate too. to say this about anybody, and, and I'm I'm somebody that's very aware of what I talk about when I talk about professional athletes, but one thing I'll say is just I don't know if he has it in him. I don't know if he has the heart for right. it. Right. And yep. and it's when you see how he's just handling everything, like you guys just got CJ McCullum, one of the best players in the NBA on your team and you're not even going to give him a phone call. You're not even going to say, Hey man, yeah. welcome to the team. And then listening to what somebody like JJ Reddick, who I really do, especially in this space that he's currently in, in terms of being in a part of media is just spectacular in what he does and how he does it. Um, but hearing his stories about Zion makes me say, you know what, if somebody like JJ Reddick, who I really do respect in the game says this about dude, essentially how he's, I mean, all practical purposes, a flake. I'm going to take his word for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and uh, Benji, you pointed this out to me, and I don't want to pound on Zion Williamson. Uh, I really don't want to turn this into bashing him, but it was a valid point uh, that Benji made, Sergio. Uh, Zion Williamson has struggled with uh, weight 
his entire college and pro career. And you could probably link being overweight to his foot problems, too much uh, stress on the feet. He's doing Mountain Dew commercials. Right. And Benji pointed this That's out to me. the only time we've seen him all year. Yeah, uh, doing a Mountain Dew commercial. And uh, I mean, Mountain Dew is it's not the healthiest of all drinks, Sergio. And you know this because you're a physical fitness guy. You're If you want to lose weight and stay in shape, you shouldn't be drinking uh, Mountain Dew. And well, look, <laughs> if, just... it's a, if it's a, a sponsor, yo, I'm all about getting that bag, okay? Get that bag, <laughs> brother. Get it. Like, I don't care if it's Mountain Dew, whatever it is, as long as... It doesn't compromise your integrity. I believe you should go out there and do it. But he is a professional. There, I don't think there's an excuse at this point in time. If you're a professional athlete, I think there's a certain way that you're supposed to present yourself. I think there's a certain way that you're supposed to take care of your body because at the end of the day, companies putting millions of dollars as an investment in you to perform. So if what if your body is the vehicle that you use that helps you attain millions of dollars, you should but it will behoove yourself to go out there and actually take care of it and work out. There is a reason why LeBron James is playing at an MVP level in year 19. He puts like $6 million a year in his body. He is in, extremely well conditioned. And Zion, Zion obviously might is do, doing though, that. But it might be all Mountain Dew and fast food. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Benji. So here, I'm, you know where I'm going. And I'm going to say this. Uh, in 2019, I was the lone voice at the bowling alley, the lone voice, Sergio, courageous me against the Bulls tanking. I hate tanking. Benji and I have had this discussion on this show many times. I despise tanking. I think and most of all, because it doesn't work. And I'm just going to tell you right now, there wasn't a basketball fan in Chicago who wasn't rooting for the Bulls to lose all their games so they could have the number one draft choice and use it on Zion Williamson. I didn't know any Bulls fan in Chicago who said, well, I hope we get to take John Morant. You know what I'm saying? If anything, I heard people say, <laughs> Sergio raises his hand. I, I, most of the people I heard were like, he's too small. I said, and, it, on, I said it on your show. Yeah, but I, I don't think you said it in the context of the tanking. I think you said it predicting he would be the rookie of the year. So, and you were right. You were accurate. You get to take a victory lap. So, I'm to me, the, the obsession that folks had with Zion Williamson just underscores the unpredictability of the draft and the foolishness of depending on a number one draft choice to build your team. Benji Hall, defend tanking. Go. Well, it's one of the one of the the ways to get a great player. If you don't have the means to get a great player via free agency or trading, your only option is the draft. And then the option is to have be crappy enough to have a good pick. And so there are certain teams, Lakers, uh, that you know don't ever need to feel like they tank, even though they do tank <laughs> accidentally, like this year kind of. Um, that uh, you know they they're 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 going to be a draw. The Heat have been playing this game for a long time. They just trade their picks away um, because they're just going to be a draw, and they're just going to always be good. But you know Memphis, who's going to go there, or Oklahoma City, or some of these other teams, um, and so their only route is really to 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 play the the, the draft game. And the more the more shots you have at getting the the next superstars uh the better your chances are is there a guarantee no there's no guarantee in any of this 
Uh, absolutely. All right. I took a shot at uh, Sergio's beloved Lakers, but I'm going to hold off on the Lakers for a while and go to, go to my beloved Bulls. And uh, so here's the question before the two of you. Uh, and uh, when I ask this question, Benji, I want you to put on your uh, betters hat. Uh, the Bulls have not been able to beat the good teams. I forget what their overall record is. I think it's something like 2-12. and 12. And um, I have my own beliefs on this. But uh, there is a chorus of critics in, in the NBA uh, regarding the Bulls. J.J. Redick is, uh, used to be on that uh, in this chorus. He's kind of softening his stance a little bit. Uh, who say the Bulls team is just uh, not that good, to be re uh, real. Uh, and uh, they may make the playoffs. Yes, boy, it kills them to concede that point. But they won't go far in the playoffs because they just don't have the personnel to beat the good teams. Uh, I have my opinion about this, but I'm going to start with Sergio. What's your response to that uh, criticism of the Chicago Bulls? I get what they're saying. I understand why they're saying it too, because if you look at the Bulls, my, my rebuttal is always going to be, well, we haven't been healthy all season. We're, we're playing right now without a point guard. Zach Levine is, is still not 100%. And you have DeRozan, Debo out there playing on an MVP level. And we're again, we're doing this with a rookie and a couple other just throwing together pieces. So it is an a very, very, very well coached team that has absolutely bought in. But they're they're right in the sense that we don't have the right personnel. Do I think we can make noise in the playoffs? And I think if we're all healthy and we have our point guards, do I think that we could legitimately make a run? I, I generally do. We need help down low. And I think if the Bulls had somebody that was an enforcer down low that, you know, demanded some kind of attention that like, give me Boogie from five years ago on the Bulls. <laughs> we dominate the league. You know what I mean? Somebody like uh, and, and I know that's a very special creative player damn near. But that's what the Bulls currently need. I can't. Vucevic just isn't it. He's a good player, but I don't think he's tough enough. He he's he does he's he's not gonna get you those rebounds. I was so disgusted this past game when we played against um was it Memphis? Was it that Memphis game where we could yeah. yes, it was against Memphis where we couldn't mm -hmm. get the damn offensive rebound. We continued to get continue getting second and third and fourth chances, and we're not going to win that. And I'm looking at Vucevic just floating up there by the three-point line <laughs> like he's not seven foot something. Get your big ass down low and blocks out. Let's go. Yeah. We need that. Now, Tristan Thompson, he's a terrible human being. Okay, let's just throw that out there to start off. But aside from him being a terrible human being, uh, he's not a, he's a, uh, down low. He's a good defensive presence. We need that. He can rebound. But did you see the clip yesterday on this floating around social media where he's over here right in front of the basket and he's working on this little, this little just literally trying to put it in the basket. And he literally breaks 11 times in a row. Not one, <laughs> not two, not I three, but 11. <laughs> it is awful. So we need a threat down low. We need an actual threat. And I think we actually had that. I, I, I think the Bulls will be okay. But that is the issue. I think down low we have we have holes. All right, a lot of material, Benji, for you to go off, off because uh, he was he's been bashing uh, uh, Vooch for a long time. Take it away, Benji. Well, I, this is the one thing that we argued about when the trade was, you know, happened. They gave away too much for him, and to what point? You know, he's never going to get you over the hump. So why give away all that equity for a guy who's just moves the needle a small 
nudge. Um, but I actually am going to be more positive about the Bulls. Um, the, right now they're struggling uh, to defend, especially when they start teams. The, the smarter teams are the teams that find your weakness and attack it over and over again. And in the playoffs, that's really what just happens. And so that's why there a lot of people are thinking that, you know, the, this is their Achilles heel. They, when people start, when the, the coaches are fine tuning and game planning specifically for them on a night to night basis, they'll fall apart. But where they were so effective in the beginning of the year is when they had uh, Lonzo and Caruso out at the top, causing such havoc. Uh, at the, they're the tip of the spear of defense that it really disrupted everybody's offense so much. And I didn't anticipate this at all in my analysis of them for the year. Um, but really, that that is what caused the rest of their defense to not be attacked as much. Um, it was so effective, and it, they've been missing it for, what, 20 games? If they can get that back by the playoff time, with the amount of scoring that they have, I mean, offense is not a problem with them. They have so many dynamic scorers. They have so many threats. They're they're kind of a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams in that regard because they have good spacing and all of that. If if those guards can cause enough havoc to protect the Vuches and DeRozans defensively, um, they have a really good shot at beating most teams. But here's the problem: the East is loaded. They have no one to match up against Embiid. They have no one to match up against Giannis. They have no one to really match up against Jimmy and Bam and and, and Durant. So, like the top four teams that they're going to run into, they I mean, really it, don't it, have. Debo can definitely match up well against um, uh, DeRozan. Can absolutely match up well, I think, against uh, defensively um, Butler. Defensively, yeah, I think I think that's yeah. a good matchup. Like I, I think, think the Jimmy Bulls and him. now, granted, I think we got. I think he, I think he's better defensively than that. I think he's an absolutely great two way player. I, I think that DeRozan. Well, I, I mean, granted, I think he didn't show play well a couple games ago, but I think it's because he was burnt out. He only yeah. had eighteen points because I mean, he had to play played a month and a half of MVP basketball carrying a, a, a really injured team. So I think if it's a playoff scenario where he's fully, we have a full fully loaded team. And he's, he's everyone's fully healthy. Oh, I, I I see I see. If anything, actually, I think that uh, the Bulls might. I think Bulls take them. Oh, I listen. I I, I again, Benji's first point: the Bulls can score with anybody. Yes. They so can. the yes. issue is, are are you going to be better defensively just to hold the other team down to whatever you score? And just like that's basically it with the Bulls because they got and you what we're overlooking with Vooch is he can score. And what we're concentrating on are his limitations. And you're both of you are absolutely correct. He's a horrendous uh, defensive rebounder against a bigger body. And the Bulls lost to Memphis last Saturday, Sergio and Benji. I watched that game screaming at my TV. The Bulls lost that game last Saturday, not because... John Morant, or in addition to John Morant going off, because there was no perimeter defense to contain him, uh, because second chance points. 1, and as soon as Donovan put Tristan Tom Thompson in the game with all his deficiencies off the court as a human being, that big body blocked out 
the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Bulls started, it was one and done. Memphis took a shot. They missed. The Bulls would get the rebound. And as so, I'm like screaming at the TV, Sergio and Benji, what he, when he took Thompson out of the game, like, what are you doing? And immediately, second chance points for Memphis. And you may stop John Morant once, but if you give him the ball back, you're not going to stop him. Absolutely. And that's why they lost that game yeah. to Memphis. And so my takeaway is when you're playing those big, strong centers, the Joel Embiid's uh, and uh, Milwaukee with Giannis uh, and uh, Bobby Portis, you got to put the big body in. And I, I and agree. that's where Benji's point is at. I agree. Like if you're, you traded a lot. I got to concede this, Benji, and it hurts to concede it. <laughs> but you trade, we traded a lot for Vooch. And if he's. What did we trade for Vooch? I, I totally forgot. What, what Wendell what Carter. Okay. Uh, we gave up Wendell Carter, the player, and we gave up two number ones. Okay, I think so, that is so. Too much. I could Wendell Carter. Yeah. I'm okay with getting rid of. Yeah, he's playing good now, though. Yeah, yeah but yeah, know, he's, you know, not, he's not. He's not moving either. But yeah, yeah he's not going to move. He's you not going to do what, what the guys. Bulls need. The Bulls need because you guys are right. Vooch does bring something to the table because he he does stretch the floor, and that's extremely important. What the Bulls really need is somebody like. Remember how the the, the energy that Dwight Howard brought to the Bulls and the or not the Bulls to the Lakers in the bubble. That that type of defensive just presence, the the energy, the disruptor. They need somebody like that. If they had a piece like that, that and, and Tristan, I'm, I, I think he's a good piece for that. He helps, but he's not as athletic as somebody you need. I need you need somebody who's really athletic who can really bang with those big guys and defend. I think well, that's really what the Bulls are missing. But I, I agree with Benji. I think that at the end of the day, we I mean we're gonna be hell for everybody when we get Lonzo and Caruso back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think and what the, the way, Bulls I, need is not Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson is garbage. And he'll burn out in about two weeks. He's got the Kardashian stink all over him. Um, like all the other guys that dated Kardashians, they're all, their careers all went to crap. Uh, it's a, not hard. The ultimate. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna. Br- I'm not gonna blame these women that have nothing to do with basketball. With uh, well, it. it's, 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 a, it's a perfect so. record until somebody. No, James Harden's it. having a hell of a year. Who? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, they, finish your point. Yeah. Yeah. Who do they need? They need uh, ideally. I mean, these are all very difficult things to find. Is if they had a four who was a lot of length, it was a rim protector. Um, you know. Anthony Davis type, right? Like so what even uh, even on Memphis they got Jackson, right? He's he's got that crazy length. He's a great help side defender. He can come and help when Vooch gets burned or help with rebounding. That would be like a perfect guy for them to to have, but you know, maybe Patrick Williams could help a little bit with that, but he's not that long either. Uh I uh I'm not ready to give up on Tristan Thompson. Uh it's still <laughs> only one week. One week in, you guys are already hey, throwing him under a bus. Let's just give it a little years. time. I, I I I gotta tell you though, it, the one game and really it's only one game, so uh, I I can't hold it up. But uh man, he made a difference on the court uh against Memphis. All right. Uh, I mentioned him. Let's uh, take a deeper dive. Uh, James Harden got another second chance. I don't know how many second chances one man can get. Uh, I've been watching Philadelphia since he went to Philly. I watched their game last night. Looks pretty damn good, in my opinion, uh, playing uh, with uh, uh, Joel Embiid and uh, Maxi and all the rest of them. And I'll tell you what, Sixers are looking strong. 
Uh, and I'm get they got me nervous with the Bulls because the Bulls just get so intimidated when they see Joel Embiid. Uh, so Benji, we'll start with you, then go to Sergio. James Harden. Do you think Overrated. that was a good trade? For Another guy who's rather be clubbing than hooping. Uh, he falls apart every playoffs. He's going to fall apart again this playoffs. Sorry, Joel Embiid. Um, Kardashian stink. It's ever living presence. I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. You watch Ben Simmons. You're next. You got it too. Um, but what I have to say about this. Oh, well, is, so what about a Devin Booker that's playing at an MVP level? How, yes. how oh, man, I yeah. dare you bring up my Kentucky guys. I, come on, man. I don't want to see <laughs> it happen. Right. Devin, you be the outlier, please. Um, don't fall. Don't go deep. Um, but, uh, my point on this, on this, the, the trade itself, I just want to make one point about it. Uh, I think it's the most interesting thing, and I've never heard anyone talk about it, and it's been talked about to death, is, has there ever been a trade in any sports history that has such a possibility of greatness for both teams and maximum destruction of both teams because of how all-in they all are on both sides? I mean, it could just go totally south for both teams, or both teams could win the championship. You talk about really the Nets crazy. and the Sixers, yeah. The, you talk about the Nets and the Sixers, yeah. The I mean, they all have yeah. all these draft picks are going. I mean, if Ben Simmons things blows up, Katie's gone, Kyrie's gone, the, the, and they're going to left holding nothing. If the Harden thing, you know, ends up bad, uh, I, you know, the Sixers thing could just implode as well. Um, I don't know. The combination of Doc Rivers coaching in the playoffs with uh, James Harden's playoff disasters. And the fact that that team just relies so much on getting foul calls and playoffs that they, those things start to slowly disappear, um, I just don't. I just see. I just don't see them winning three rounds. There's no oh, way. I love Doc Rivers. All right, Sergio, your thoughts in terms of the the two teams. I, I really believe that at the end of the day, I, I think the Nets got the better end of the trade. Um, I think they the pieces that they ended up getting with Seth Curry, you know, some of the other ones. I think it really works well, and it's going to really fit well with that team. Um, the in terms of James Harden, I, I I don't have faith as much faith in James Harden. I even though I like that team, I think Embiid is playing incredible right now. Um, I I think Doc Rivers Doc Rivers is an incredible coach as well. So I'm looking at this team, and you're right. This is one of those that both can absolutely win the title, and both can absolutely like crash and burn. Um, I think the team that actually has the more potential right now, I'm going with the Nets because at the end of the day, I think Kevin Durant, when Kevin Durant is healthy, um, at this stage of his career is probably the best player in the NBA. So when you have him on there and then you have people that can stretch the floor like a Seth Curry, you know, and people love trashing. They absolutely love trashing Ben Simmons. But when Ben Simmons is healthy and focused and playing, he is one of the best defensive players in the game. And not only is he one of the best defensive players in the game, he absolutely distributes extremely well. If you have somebody that's 6'10 running around there distributing to Kevin Durant out there flying around, that's a very, very scary proposition. So um, I think at the end of the day, the Nets got the better part of that trade, in my opinion. All right. All right. All right. We'll close uh, with a uh, projection uh, or a prediction that our listeners can go to Vegas uh, and win big money on. Uh, and so we'll just do MVP at this stage. And this has been a fascinating race. It seems like every week I have a different uh, prediction as to who the MVP will be. And uh, so that's what I'm asking you guys, not who you think 
should get the MVP, but who do you think will win the MVP? And uh, we'll start with you, Benji, and we'll close it with Sergio. Go ahead. Well, I'm, I only care about what the odds I can get so I think I can win. So I already have money down. So I have money on Jokic, and I have money on Giannis because they're not the favorite. Embiid is still the favorite. And I think that, uh, if anything, it's Jokic should be the favorite right now, and maybe Giannis and Embiid are a close second. Maybe Embiid's slightly ahead. But uh, uh, the, if you get, like, twice as many odds on any one of those guys, it's it's a no-brainer to me to put money on them. Um, I think Jokic is going to win, and I think he should win. Nobody's done more with a bunch of garbage than that guy. I, I don't know how they have the record they do. It's truly unbelievable. Jokic. All right. Uh, Sergio, your pick. Um, at this point in time, I, I think they're probably going to Embiid. If it, Embiid continues playing the way that he is, I think Embiid's going to get it. I think they'll end up getting him the nod because he's been kind of, I mean, it's the process, right? He's been knocking on that door for a while. And I think people, especially if they do end up being number two, and they're looking like they're dominant heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I think he might end up getting the nod, especially if he does have he's doing these things. And I mean, with Harden, they're playing great going in, and he's still getting those numbers. I think they'll end up leaning towards um, him. I would like to see DeMar DeRozan get it or uh, John Morant. That's who I would like to see get it. But I think uh, if anybody does get it, it will be Embiid. I, I'm with you. I want DeMar DeRozan to win because I'm a Bulls fan, and he's just... I mean, he, uh, he, he, he should so be much. in the conversation. 1,000% needs to be in the conversation. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, but there's a bias against DeMar DeRozan, uh, Sergio, that I've noticed over the last year. I but noticed you know it since I, the Bulls... They, they, they've been talking about him, like, literally on ESPN over the last two weeks. I mean, everybody's talking about he needs to be in... I mean, people are talking about him in a positive light. I think it's yeah. the, that 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 opinion of him is slowly changing. Slowly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, he had that one, the game against Miami that you alluded to where he was... You could tell he was just exhausted. He scored 18 points already. Everybody's like, oh, there he goes again. So uh, I want... That's my favorite to win it. But I'm with... Uh, uh, I, I think the way it's going, I think Ja will win it. Wow! Yeah, there you go. I put mine out of the app. I, I don't know that. what the. I love Joe. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't know what the odds are in Vegas, Benji. I haven't followed that, but I mean, are they? I'll look I mean, it up right uh, now well, we I'm a reform gambler, so I can't bet. But uh, I just the way he's been coming on, and his team is almost number one. I mean, they're closing in are on they the three the, seed right now. They're the three seed. Golden State's been uh, without Draymond has been really struggling. They have so. Been. Uh, I think they're about two games behind uh, Golden State. And uh, who knows? You know, Phoenix now without Chris Paul, without Devin Booker, they may lose some. So they're really uh, peaking. Uh, so I'm going with Ja. That's my prediction. That's a good pick. I mean, realistically, I, it, it absolutely could happen. I can absolutely see them giving it to Ja. Like I said, he's, as of right now, I think he's most people's number one pick, especially the people that would be voting. Um, because the media is really pushing him at this yes. present moment in time. Yeah. It's whoever the media is pushing. Uh, and that change, that's the thing that changes week to week. Right, um, right. Let's not forget that. Uh, all right, Benji, thank you so much, Sergio. Uh, it's always a blast. Wait, don't talking. we want to do finals picks? All right, let's, well, fine. We're going to have another show before the finals. Uh, Jaws 12 to 1. He's 12 to 1? Yeah. What, what's uh, Jokic? 
Okay, we got Embiid minus, minus 125. That's crazy. Uh, Jokic plus 350. Giannis plus, uh, plus 500. So that's 5 to 1 and 3.5 th- to 1. And then DeRozan 13 to 1. 13. Wow. There you go. Come on, Sergio. <laughs> Put your money on DeRozan. Uh, I'll tell you what. He, he's right up there with uh, Jokic in terms of carrying a team. He has literally carried the Bulls in his stage. Uh, so many injuries on the Bulls. He's screaming. He, he's dragged them. I mean, but the, the, the young boys that the Bulls have are playing hard. They play hard day in and day out. And uh, But you have to give DeMar DeRozan the respect that he deserves. And I'll tell you this. I'm going to make a prediction. Here's another prediction. Uh, Io got uh, humiliated last Saturday against uh, John Morant. He scored zero points. They put him on the bench for defensive purposes. I've never seen that happen. They, uh, I've never seen uh, Iowa in this particular run have such a bad game. He will be back, Sergio. Don't count him out, okay? He had a bad game. He's just a rookie. He's going to learn. Here's my two finals odds picks. Go. Long shots. Denver Nuggets, 26-1. to 1. The reason I like him, it really looks like uh, uh, Murray and uh, Porter are going to be coming back at the end of the year. That makes them very scary. Um, and then I like, and I think these, this team is going to win the championship, 10 to 1 odds, the Miami Heat. And the reason I like them is they're super deep. They've got a great coach. they got a lot of different weapons. They play incredible defense. Um, I, I just think they're going to be really tough out for anybody. What's the Vegas odds on Bulls? On the Bulls, the Bulls are twenty-seven to one. Oh, not bad, not bad odds either. The worst odds in Denver. <laughs> well, uh, it's but it's neck and neck. Uh, all right, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much, uh, Benji the Bookie and Sergio. Uh, appreciate you guys taking time to talk basketball with me, and uh, also want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, Nate, for doing such a great job uh, behind the boards. Take care, everybody. Bye.